With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Blog Talk Radio. Playing Sports City Chefs from Amazon Music. Yeah. Everybody's zero and zero at this point. 
The Cincinnati Bengals are favored by six points, virtually a touchdown without the extra point. And uh, this is a very interesting story on both sides of the ball. Uh, Brian, I'll let you go at it first. Where do you want to start? If we start defense, offense, if we really go offense, do I want to go quarterback first or, like, the circumference of the whole pieces that are included? Like, because it's interesting on both sides of the ball with the quarterbacks. I I think the first thing that we got to talk about when we talk about this matchup is the coaching staffs, because I think this is a really, really often overlooked element. So Joe Burrow's offensive coordinator, do you know who that is? Enlighten the people. Okay. Brian Callahan, two years ago when Derek Carr had his best season ever, do you know who Derek Carr's Callahan. Brian Callahan? Yes, sir. So I bring that up to say I always find in these playoff matchups, you know, there there is so much moving and shaking in the NFL tie, as you know, that a lot of these quality coaches, they end up getting let go or get a different opportunity because coaching staffs roll over and change so much um, that a lot of times even these teams – that don't play in the same division. Everybody's going to, you know, everybody's going to talk about like, oh man, you know, the Rams versus the Cardinals, like these teams know each other. Well, I would make the argument that these teams know each other just about as well as those teams. If you look at the coaching staffs, if you look at the fact that these guys did play each other less than a month ago, um, if you look at the fact that you know, a lot of people are going to look at what the end score was and not the fact that at the end of the third quarter, it was basically a tie game. Um, so there's kind of these matchups within the matchups. I think, you know, Callahan has done an excellent job with Joe Burrow. I think he did an excellent job with, um, with Carr, you know, when he was there. But he definitely, you know, obviously he definitely knows what Derek Carr likes to do, which is a, a bonus. But I really view these teams uh, in a very similar fashion. I would give both defensive lines the edge over the offensive lines. Um, and really, I think it's going to be about which offensive line does a better job. I really think that that's what it's going to come down to. Obviously, we're going to talk about it all. But I really think it's going to be a matter of which one of these offensive lines does the better job. Does Crosby and Dockway wreak havoc? Does Hendrickson and boys wreak havoc? That's going to be the determiner in the game. If you go back and you watch that last game, Joe Burrow did finish the game, but he was sacked five times. And if you remember, I mean, he was noticeably limping down the field trying to finish that game. And we've seen Derek Carr, he can get rattled. We know, we've seen his brother, but we know the, we know the Carr, when he gets hit a lot, he can get rattled. So I think the defensive lines in particular, because I don't think where both of these teams have weapons on the outside, I don't think you're going to see teams committing five, six guys to rush. They're going to count on those down four guys to rush. And I really think that that could be the difference in the game. Interesting standpoint. Now, this is interesting because, um, one, I understand the way that you try to turn or go into it, but I'm looking at it like this. I see Callahan when he was with the Raiders at that point. He was okay, but not as successful as he is with a young quarterback in Joe Burrow. 
where I still think that he's nowhere near his ceiling. And that's a good thing no. that he's virtually in his real first season right now, and he's 10-7, and 7, and they won the AFC North. You know, even though a lot of injury happened, the Steelers are in a situation where they're about to basically watch Ben walk off the field. Um, the Lamar Jackson situation is just touch and go, and, and I, I have a whole other argument and discussion and bullets I could throw at Baker Mayfield. That's a whole other situation. So with him thriving right now with his uh, offense and, and having – Jamar Chase having one of the better rookie seasons we've ever seen at the wide receiver position, you made it that much more interesting on looking at how the defensive lines attack the offensive lines. And if Max Crosby has his way, this could be a situation that Joe Burrow could be in trouble. Now, I do like the name that you looked at and threw out on the defensive side of the, um, the ball for the line of Cincinnati that can get at Derek Carr that can make him erratic because that happens in a lot of the games that the Raiders play in. So, I do like the battle of the, the hog or the front line or the trenches, however we look at it. If I'm looking at it, it actually favors Las Vegas' defensive line overpowering the offensive line of Cincinnati. So that makes that that much more interesting. However, if I'm looking at skill player for player, I think Cincinnati trumps the Raiders left and right skill player for skill player. So this is a very interesting battle. I'm wondering if youth could prevail over, you know, the veteran being Derek Carr out, being outshot by Burrow. Because I'm not going to be honest, I'm I'm letting my cat out the bag kind of like right now. I feel like Cincinnati should be able to protect their house. We do have somebody in queue to get in here calling out of the 703 area code. We have Aaron in the building. Welcome to the special. How are you feeling this afternoon? <coughs> You know what, gentlemen, I'm good. And before I pick up where you left off, TP, breaking news, who's, man, back in the building, man. It's a pleasure. Hope everybody's doing well, sir. It's your boy. It's your boy. What's up, man? All right, so real so, talk, uh, man. I'm, 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 I'm not I'm, – go ahead, go ahead, TP. No, I was, I was – you, you go ahead. You finish up with your, your, the, the real talk because you go right to where I needed you to go. So, honestly, man, when you start to look at this ball game, you look at it from, from a couple of different angles, and, you know, you both, you know, made some legitimate points about the coaching staff and, and the offensive-defensive line. And, you know, honestly, the Bengals gave up a league-leading 55 sacks this past year. So, when you start looking at Matt Crosby and things of that nature, um, I think that's going to be uh, where the game is won and lost. But for me – I'm going right to that quarterback position. You know what I'm saying? When you look at Joe Burrow um, and, 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 and Carr, these two men kind of mirror the, 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 them, themselves a little bit. You know, they've been very, very high. They've been very, very hot. They've been very, very low. They've been very, very cold. So, ironically, the skill position players, are they going to show up for me? You know what I'm saying? If you got a Jamar Chase and a T. Higgins and a Boyd and, and a Joe Mixon, you know, we, we, we've seen them play significantly bad throughout the course of this season. On the flip side, you know, is Darren Waller going to show up and play decent ball? Is, is Hunter Ruffo going to be able to get, generate separation and, and, and beat bracket coverage? Is, 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 the Oakland, is the Las Vegas Raiders offensive line going to hold up and generate holes for, for Jacobs to throw the football um, are they going to commit and stay with the running game? You really don't want to get one-dimensional with any one of these two teams uh, because that kind of feeds into what these teams do best, which is pin their ears back and rush the passer. Um, so we can, you know, look at this from a plethora of different ways. 
Um, I'm not going to give a prediction yet because I'm sure that will come later on in the show, but um, this game is very, very intriguing. And I said this on, on another page that, that, that I follow. This may be one of the more interesting games of the whole playoff slate this weekend because you've got a team that, you know, hasn't won a playoff game in 19 years and a team that hasn't won a playoff game in 33 years uh, squaring off, you know, something's going to give, and it's going to be interesting to see which teams make first. Hey, can I respond to that real quick, Ty? Yes. So I, I just wrote, wrote down a couple key points here between what you and and, uh, and Sirius said. So, so key point number one, you said Chase had a good rookie season. Let, 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 let's give the man his due. Not Megatron, not Randy Johnson, not <laughs> Anquan Bolden, you know, insert Hall of Famer Fitzgerald. The man was on another level this year. And I understand there's 18 games because the first person that wants to congratulate T.J. Watt for tying the sack record, serious, I'm going to punch you in the throat because he didn't tie it because Strahan did it in 17, not 18 games. Or 17 games, not 16 games. But he was 20. He only had 26 yards receiving in the last game of the season, and he only fell like 25 yards short of that record. They stopped force feeding him the ball because he was doubled, and he was a team player. He wasn't good. He wasn't great. You could say legendary. He had the second best rookie season ever for a wide receiver. For a wide receiver to come in, on a team that was, let's be honest, good but not great last year with a young quarterback, he was spectacular, plain and simple. Serious, you made a couple of really good points. You said, hey, I think this could be one of the, the best games of the, season, uh, of the playoffs, especially this round. I completely agree with you. I have three games that I have checkmarked as potentially being a coin flip game. This game, the Bills and the Patriots game, I think personally is a coin flip, and the Arizona Cardinals and the um, the Los Angeles Rams. I think all three of those games are coin flips. And I think this game in particular, because if you look through the regular season, they've been good, but they haven't necessarily been dominant at home. They're not unbeatable at home. So, you know, it's not like I can go, oh, okay, you know what? <laughs> They're favored for six and a half because they're at home. Like, I mean, personally, me, if you're a betting guy, I would take those six and a half points, and I'd take the Raiders all day long. I think this comes down to being a field goal game. And like I said, you know, the bottom line is everybody's going to point to the fact that the Raiders do not have the skill position type players that the um, Cincinnati Bengals do. But, but like I said earlier, keep in mind, you got to have time in order to make those skill position players effective. Joe Burrow was sacked five times and was noticeably limping in this last matchup less than a month ago against this team because Ndokwe and Crosby are a problem. This team has two young tackles in Cincinnati that they are going to have to help. Otherwise, their quarterback is going to get killed. They are going to have to help chip. They are going to have to help by running the ball directly at these guys and help tiring them out. But, I mean, the bottom line is both in Dockway, Crosby, 
and even Hendrickson on the other uh, other side, guys. Three of the, those three guys are three of the top five pass rushers in the league when it comes to quarterback hurries. I know it doesn't always translate to sacks, but as we know, you don't have to get a sack in order to affect the quarterback, and these are three of the five best quarterback disruptors in the entire league. So I think that that is going to be a huge, huge part of it. I've heard a lot of people talk about, oh, we're going to need to run the ball. Oh, we're going to need to, you know, do this. Running the ball is going to be important. Don't get me wrong. But the team that wins this game, it's not because they're going to run away on the ground. It's going to be because the quarterback was good with the football, did not turn it over a lot, and the offensive coordinator was creative. Uh, there needs to be a shit ton of screens to slow down that pass rush. There needs to be bootlegs. There needs to be misdirection. You need to get these guys off the spot. You cannot have them drop back three to five step drop and just sit back there all day because both of them will get killed. So I think Waller is an underrated weapon, especially in this matchup. You go back just a few weeks and you've seen what George Kittle did to this exact same defense, you know, and, and and I would say that they're comparable players in the pass game. So, you know, it, it's still a problem. And if you double Waller, yes, you may not have the big names that Cincinnati has, but you still have guys like Renfro that, that, that had a 1,400-yard season. You got Edwards. You got Zay Jones. Like, they've got enough weapons to get this done. There's a reason they're in the playoffs. And I, I just think this is going to be – this is literally, if, if I was to script how to, to kick off the playoffs, it's this. And I'm going to leave you guys with this one final nugget before I pass it back to you, Ty. So this is one of the games that I have marked, and, and for a very specific reason. This is going to be the third coldest game in Cincinnati history. It actually snowed there yesterday. I'm sure some of you guys may know I'm from the West Coast. So, you know, I, I kind of keep track of weather because it plays a big factor in games. Derek Carr, when it is sub-32 degrees, freezing, in the playoffs. Or not, excuse me, not in the playoffs. All times. <laughs> all time when he plays in sub-freezing temperatures, he has never won a game. I'll say that again. Yeah. Sub-freezing temperatures, yeah. 32 degrees or less. He is 0-5 right now for his career. So it's just something to take into consideration, Ty. I know you're on Cincinnati. I'm not saying he can't get that first win, but when you play in a dome, when you play on the West Coast, when you play in, you know, very nice weather, it will be a factor. The turnovers become a factor, which I think turnovers are going to be huge in this game. And the fact that your quarterback has yet to get it done in, in inclement weather, it's something we got to talk about. Well, that makes it even more interesting in, in picking on the California kid. And this is interesting that you throw that out there because history has an ill way of, like, either repeating itself or stubbing its toe. And I don't know which way to go on this because it's like the way that he pulled it out to get the Raiders in the postseason is one thing, but the way that he was also able to persevere while the, the Raiders went through so much of a storm this season, it's like I can't really just – pull the trigger against the Raiders at this point. I, I really can't. But I, I I know who I like in this game, them being at home, being the Cincinnati Bengals. I can't, like, sit around here and just play a fest with it. I do like the Bengals for this game. Um, 
but however, like if he's over, and and I wonder if that spills into like his college days, like if he was bad on the road also, because it was an interesting situation, and I hate to like throw my team and, and my situation at it also, but um, there was a game week two where the Lions played Green Bay, and I didn't notice that, but there's a guy that I run with on a, on another podcast, um, Jared Goff is over in rain. So in the first half, he was going crazy against the Packers. He's getting everything clean. He's scoring the ball, touchdowns left and right. I'm like, wait, okay, we look good. Halftime, we go in there, it starts raining. It was like a spell was casted on him. Like, like everything fell apart. He even made himself fumble twice. He made himself fumble. Not like somebody <laughs> hit him or rushed him. He When he went to pat the ball to make the throw, he fumbled. And it was like falling out of his hands. And then, my, you know, the guy that I'm talking to, he's like, "Do you know that when he when it rains, he fumbles a lot. He loses every game." And I'm like, "Oh, I did not know this about Jared Goff." So now I put like a sour twist on everything, and then the Lions ended up losing that game. So now hearing this stat from you about Derek Carr is like, "Oh man, this that California drinks again," because you know Jared Goff is from out there, Cali too. So. I don't know, but I know I feel better saying Cincinnati pulls this out. But this is a very interesting game now. Um, with the spread, you, you I mean, made it that much more interesting. I, 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 I do I, like I the fact that it's a pick em. I personally think it's a pick em game. That's why I'm saying if yeah, you can get six and a half, there's a, lot of, there's a lot of sports books right now. You can go right, you know, I mean, the game, the game we all know, the, the game is starting here in a few hours. There is a lot of sports books that are giving six and a half points right now. And I'm just saying, if you're, you're the gambling type, like uh, to me, to me, it's a no brainer. You know, I, I would put money on the Raiders to cover. I think it's going to be a lower scoring game. Like I'm not saying, you know, 10 to seven, but I think, I think it very well could be the first one to 20 wins. I could totally see a 2017 type game or a 17, 14 type game because these teams have played each other. Their strengths mirror one another. I don't think you're going to be able – this is just my opinion. I don't think you're going to be able to see the big shots that you see from um, Cincinnati. Like, that's part of their game plan, right? They like to go deep to Chase. They like to go deep to Higgins over the middle. And I, and I know that, you know, Burroughs is somewhat of a gunslinger. But with that offensive line, you're just asking to get your quarterback killed with those two pass rushers. I mean, you're talking about 20 sacks and 150 hurries coming at your quarterback, and that's just from the defensive end position. That's not even the guys that are going to rotate in. That's not even the interior defensive line. That is just your defensive ends in Ndokwe and Crosby. So if you think they're going to – if he's going to drop back five, seven-step drop and wait four or five seconds to throw the ball, you're going to get killed. So, once again, I think they're going to go back. They're going to watch the tape from last time. They're going to see that Burrow was limping. They're going to see that he got sacked five times and realize, hey, you know what? We, we, we got to clean that up. You know, we're going to have to change our game plan a little bit. We're going to have to make sure that we're taking, you know, taking what the defense gives us, you know, dump offs, you know, ball control type offense. And I think that leads to – a situation where the game remains fairly close <clears throat> as long as there's not, you know, any, you know, monumental like momentum shifts, you know, turnovers in the red zone, things like that. But one other thing that is worth noting is, so the starting nose tackle for the 
um, Las Vegas Raiders, and, I, and, I, and I'm sure I'm going to butcher this name, so I apologize to the Raiders fans in advance, like James. But I believe his name is Poloni. So he, he, actually, he actually tore partially tore his PCL in week 17, and he is legitimately like their main run clogger in the middle. So to put it in serious perspectives, he is the Casey Hampton of this defense. So I just wonder, because it's only been a couple of weeks, you always wonder, you know, A, how good is the backup? And B, um, you know, have they been able to kind of overcome that loss, right? Because you, you've been doing the same thing for 16, 17 weeks. And all of a sudden now, you know, maybe you have to things up, change things up slightly. So if it was me, I, I would honestly, you know, you might be banging your head into a wall you know, in the first quarter, but believe me, I think they should, they should do a lot of traps. They should do a lot of dives, things that are going to make that nose tackle think about what they're doing and really test the center of that defense um, and get, get, you know, those pass rushers on their heels a little bit. The issue with doing that, though, um, Brenton News, is the fact that the Cincinnati Bengals offensive line isn't very. I don't say that they're, they're not too bright, but again, they've they've given up a league leading 55 sacks and much more than that are huge pressures and quarterback hits. Not to mention this dude is is, is he, he he was hurt from the Kansas City game. Um. So when you start talking about running traps and and, and pulling guards and things of that nature, you know, if you're a defensive coordinator, you just blitz that. You know what I'm saying? Oakland knows that. I mean, excuse me, Las Vegas Raiders know that. So it's going to be a great chess match, honestly. You know, the line is six. Um, I'm taking the Raiders and the, under, and the over um, if, I, if, I, if I'm going to put money on it. But at the end of the day, man, it's going to be one of the, one, one, one of, one of the good matchups of, of this weekend. So you like the over yeah, in the game, So what? So you like the over in this game? Yeah, I do, actually. Fair enough. How do, uh, Brian, how do you feel about over or under? In the, I, un, the over under is. I like the I like the under. Like I said, you know the you got You always got to factor in the weather. It's an outdoor stadium. The weather, it's gonna be it's gonna be sub thirty two degrees. So, I mean, you're talking about a very cold environment. Going back to Derek Carr, never throwing more than one touchdown in that type of environment. Maybe he really? uh, maybe he takes the monkey oh. off his back. But never thrown more than one touchdown. Never had a multi-touchdown game in that type of environment. Joe Burrow, you know what? He's he's played in inclement weather, but not not this year. So those are just just factors you got to think about, right? So the Raiders have had 11 games this year, guys, in a dome or in 70 plus degree weather, right? That, that there's just there's just no way that that can't throw in when you're talking about sub sub-freezing weather. I mean, they literally have been practicing all week in Vegas in a dome, you know, in 75-degree heat. The Bengals, whether it ends up being an advantage or not, they had an opportunity to practice at the University of Cincinnati, and I think Zach Taylor made the right decision. He instead said, no, you know what? We're actually going to practice outside on our practice facility uh, in the inclement weather. They practice in the snow uh, on Friday. So, I just think I just think that 
win, lose, or draw, it, it can't be a bad thing to try to have your guys mentally prepared for what they're about to face. Because as Sirius said, and you've said, Ty, both of these teams outside of just a couple handful of players are very young. So when, when you get smacked in the face with sub-30 degree weather for the first time, and by smacked, I mean you take a hit or, you know, you're getting blocked, like it's it's a different feeling. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've never been in sub-30 degree weather, but I have been pretty damn close, and it, and it feels different. And I think we could all agree on that. So it's definitely going to be a battle of attrition in my mind. And as much as I'd love to see the Raiders win, you know, because this is a playoff show, I would love to talk about the job that their, you know, interim head coach has done since basically correcting the ship, if you will, since Gruden left. Uh, You know, he's done a great job. I mean, he was a special teams coach and he got promoted. And, And I feel like he's really done a good job to solidify this team. I just think that, you know, you start looking at stats, you know, history, if, if, you don't, if you don't correct what history tells us, you're doomed to repeat it. And I think that that's kind of where we're at here. I actually think the Bengals will be able to run the ball just enough to get play action. I think the crowd will be a factor. I think the cold will be a factor. And like I said, I, I'm going to go ahead and just call this game 17-14. But there is not going to be, in my opinion, Ty, there is not going to be an MVP-type performance. Like, you're not going to see, you know, you're not going to see mix and run for 195 yards. Chase isn't going to have, you know, 160 yards and two touchdowns. Like, it's just not going to be that kind of game. It's going to be an old-school drag them out. Both teams are going to be trying to kind of control the clock a little bit. But it's going to be a fun game to watch. If you're a football fan – and you're not one of these people that just love offense, it will be a good, fun matchup because there are so many matchups inside the matchup that are worth watching. You know, whether it's how are they going to cover Waller because the Bengals are not historically, especially this year, great at covering tight ends, especially athletic tight ends. That's going to be interesting. Do they double? You know, how are these tackles on both sides, right? Whether it's the Raiders, Colton Miller, whether it's, you know, whether it's the uh, the Bengals and their young tackles, how are they going to hold up versus these dominant pass rushers? Do the offensive coordinators provide additional help to help these guys so you're not leaving them on an island most of the game, which I think, you know, if they do, they're, they're idiots. But that's, to me, going to be the most compelling part. And it's really hard for me. I mean, it's hard to think. Ties that the last time the Bengals won a playoff game. I mean, as long as it's been for the Raiders, the last time that the Bengals won a playoff game, I, I want to say it's been like seven years. Obviously, Marvin Lewis was there. You know, Carson the Palmer was there. I mean, Thirty-three years, sir. Th- there you go. I-, I knew it had been a long time. I couldn't remember because I know they made it, made it a bunch of times. I thought they won one, but it's it's been yeah. a really long time. And I promise you that those players. And that coaching staff is very aware of that. And, uh, you know, you always want to get that monkey off your back, and I think that that might be just a smidge of extra motivation needed. So I'm going to go Bengals. Okay. Um, I, I like the under two. It's just tough to try to call this game, whether, you know, the Raiders are actually going to stay within the game of a, of a touchdown. 
It's tough. It's close. I, I, I really want to pull the trigger. I'm going to save that for the end of the show. Um, and I'm I'm sorry, Sports City. I, I got to say this, man. He's so spoiled. Brian, Brian Hughes, breaking news, is so spoiled. He said he doesn't know how it feels to be in neck, uh, under 32-degree weather. So spoiled. So spoiled. Oh, my God. I hate him so much for that. Yeah, hey, man. I know, I know. That's the life. That's the life of California, man. Like, like that's the life of California. Like he's he's so good. He gets to see the sun every day. Like he don't know what it's like to wake up the gray sky. Like, Jim, like, come on. Jim, like, yeah, I'm, listen, sit, listen, I'm sitting in 19 degree weather as we speak. Listen, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. That's what I'm saying. I mean, it's just it's just one of those things. And then the icing on the cake. And then the icing on the cake. Imagine, right? I want you to imagine what happened to me last Sunday. You want to know what happened to me last Sunday? Let's hear it. Here we go. <laughs> I was I was prone to ready to go watch the Lions game. I get a call at like seven in the morning. Yo, get ready. We're going to the game. What game? The Giants game. I'm like, what? The Giants are the football team. Go out there. I look at the I look at the temperature gauge. Guess what it was? What? It was twenty five degrees. I'm like, are you kidding? So Mind you, I'm all thermaled up and everything, and sitting out there at one of the worst games ever, and this is the game that got Joe Judge fired. But just imagine it sitting there for the three and a half hours, and you're not moving. So just picture the the, the play of these players coming from whether the the Valley of Vegas or you know being California players like and and having that transition where even people like you haven't been in that type of temperature. It is what I wanted to just throw in there. Just had to do that just because it happened yeah. to be seven. Well, listen, okay. I, 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 I realize I live in California and I'm sheltered, boys, but I've been in sub-32-degree weather. The point I was trying okay. to make is that I'd never played in sub-32-degree oh. weather. <laughs> okay. Gotcha. But, but gotcha. Uh, okay. I, I do appreciate the sentiment. I was going to let you guys run with it, but, you know, at, so, at some point the truth will prevail. Okay, as long as you can defend yourself well, I'm, I'm proud of you. You've been around me for so so long. You know what you're doing around here. Okay, so so since I'm, I'm talking about the area where I'm from, the next game we have, and the caller number is 929-477-2759. It's the New England Patriots. This is the region of America where I am at up against the Buffalo Bills, and that is the state that borders mine. And this is a very interesting matchup because this is another this is another division battle. And here we go. Brian is talking about temperature. Do you know what they said that the temperature of this game will be tonight in Buffalo? I hope y'all are ready for this number. One degree. Nine. No, it's one I degree. I heard it may potentially be. What did, what did you hear? One degree at kickoff. Okay. I, I heard it could potentially get to negative seven. But one is one and negative seven, they're close. Like like that, that I don't I don't need to do that. By halftime it is supposed to be negative seven. I'm saying that right, kickoff right. That's, that's, that's what I was hearing. Three. Yes, sir. Right. Like like bro, I, I don't know what we're doing. Like I don't know. I don't know what we're supposed to do at this point in time if it's gonna be that critical. And, by the way, oh I just God. gotta cut in and just say this. I wanna defer to Sirius and you first. But to me, this is the most compelling game of this round. I just want to throw that out there because I've heard a lot of people poo-poo on this match. Wait, like, wait, ah, wait, wait, that settle down, settle down. wait, wait, wait a minute, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute, wait, wait. See, Sports City, I apologize, right, because Brian hasn't been here in a while, and he knows all of the rules. He knows all of the rules. Brian, 
Get your hand out of my pot. Get out of my pot. I, I have to serve people. I have. I told you I have to feed you, and you're not eating. You're not eating. This is like. Hey, man, I, I told you you might be eating a little bit today as well. Okay. What? Okay. I need the food for thought. However, we do have another chef in the building calling in from the 203. We have the villain in the building. Barry, welcome to the special. How are you feeling this afternoon? I'm freezing out here, and villain is in the house. And I, I wasn't gonna, I wasn't gonna chime. I was just gonna listen. But when I heard Hughes say, "Don't hate me because I'm beautiful," I had to come in. I was like, pause. I was like, I, I gotta shut this down. There's, there's no way in the world that Hughes is beautiful. You came in because you hey. said, don't hate me because I'm beautiful. You ugly dude, too. <laughs> That's what, My mama said, I'm right. you know what? I don't know what you're talking I about. I literally told you not to hate on me because I'm beautiful, and what are you doing? <laughs> That's That's you know you're not beautiful. Listen, all the, la- hey. all the older ladies in the church say I'm, t- I'm handsome, so I don't know what you're talking about. I got, I got all they blind, senile, hey. and that- have cataracts. That's because they're old and they need LASIK. However I get them, I get them. However the hey, and by the way, Barry, them. I'm not going to lie. This is 2021. Half those half those women probably aren't women. Okay, 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 okay. I don't know where it is. I just let these people into the room and bang, liquid, they get out of control. I, okay, first and foremost, Brian. Settle down. There's a mess in the kitchen. Settle down. Listen, settle down. Sit down. I'm going to put food on plates. Well, excuse me. Excuse me. Barry, look at what you're doing. You're messing up a special. A special. Oh, no. He's adding. He's adding, baby. Adding ingredients. Oh, my. Lord have mercy. People, Sports City, I apologize. I'm trying to get this game to him and, and trying to get him to get this breakdown while I could give it to him. They are going crazy. Okay, so so Barry, before we go into the next game with the Patriots and the Bills, who do you like, Raiders Bengals? Um, I I actually think the Raiders' um, defensive end pressure is going to be a little bit too much for the Bengals to handle. Handle. I think. Um, I honestly think it's going to be a high scoring game, but I think they're going to get enough pressure on them to disrupt them a little bit. I like the. Uh, what's the What's the spread? I think the Bengals are favored, right? The Bengals are favored by. I have six. I think somebody's getting six and a half too. So it's it's, it's within a touchdown. Yeah, I'll, take, I'll, I'll take the points. I'll take the points. But I think the. And the over under I have here is at forty eight and a half. Okay, but. I got forty eight and a half. I'll take the over. Both of us said over. Okay, interesting. Okay, um, so we're gonna set this off. Patriots Bills. I think this temperature is going to just, like, be the beckoning call of this game. The last time they played this game in Buffalo, it was low temperatures like this, but the wind was blowing like a doggone hurricane to the point where one of the analysts at the beginning of the game, and his name is Adam Schefter, the wind pushed him out of his chair and his papers flew everywhere. His papers flew everywhere and it pushed him out of his chair. So it's like this game is almost revisiting itself, however – I think Mac Jones is going to have to pass the ball. He's not going to get away with winning this game with three passing attempts and two completed. He's not going to be able to do that. He's not. So this is going to be a very dynamic game. I want to see who wins this game. It's more or less to me, Josh Allen versus the, the evil mind of William himself. If you don't know who William is, 
you better do your research. I'm going to send this one around the kitchen and see how these guys feel. Um, I'm going to go to Sirius first. I'll let Brian go last because he already put his hand in my pot. So your thoughts on, I guess, I think the power of this, this conversation is Buffalo's offense up against New England's defense is what I really like in this matchup. If Aaron is still around, he, can you guys hear me? Hello. He's speechless, man. See, he's speechless. I hit him. Okay. I hit him with those fun facts. He's just sitting down eating his plate, just being a good little man. No problem. Okay, he just left. So Barry, I go to you. Your thoughts on this game? Uh, Buffalo's offense versus New England's defense. I think these are more of the powers of both of these teams. How, how do we look at this? And I, I guess we can do both sides of the spectrum. Um, in New England's offense versus Buffalo's defense. I like this. Yeah, I mean, I think it's really about, you know, to your point, Bill Belichick versus, um, you know, the Bills. I think the Bills are the more talented team, top to bottom, but I think, you know, the, the Patriots have Bill Belichick, right, and a week to prepare, um, and a lot of film. So um, I, I, I really want to pick I, – I want to pick the Pats because of that, but I think the talent will win out, and I think the Bills – if, if it was on the road, I think – They'd have a problem. I think at home, I think the Bills squeak this one out. I just think the problem with the Bills is the running game. They just don't have running back, right? Their best running back is Josh Allen. So, if they can't move the ball on the ground, I think they're going to have a hard time. But I I do like the Bills in this game to get by. Okay, Brian, since you were first to reach in the pot, i got to save you for last. Your thoughts on how this goes down, Uh, the offense in Josh Allen's hands, and – the the mind has been working since you know, I, I want to go back as far as him starting, but I'll go since the LT days with the Giants on up. Mm. Listen, this this game right here, this is going to be one of those games. And I'm just going to say it, and I know you said you just said they can't win again if Mac Jones throws for whatever it was, something ridiculous like 18 yards or something. This is going to be one of those remember, – remember what, what the 49ers did to the Green Bay Packers, and you said, hey, man, times. This is going to be that kind of game. This is literally going to be the mad scientist's uh, – you know, this is going to be his manifesto. Damian Harris is averaging this year against that vaunted Bills defense – 7.2 yards a carry on 28 carries and four touchdowns. Let that sink in for a second. 28 carries, 214 yards, four touchdowns on the ground. The only way that the New England Patriots lose this game, and I understand they're the lower seed, I understand all the money's on Buffalo, the only way they lose this game is if Mac Jones screws it up. If you go and you look at this season on a timeline, Ty and Barry, classes in session, Professor Hughes is here to teach you, basically they only lose when Mac Jones has multiple turnovers. That could be two interceptions. That could be an interception and a fumble. If he don't turn the ball over, you do not beat New England because – they are not a team that beats themselves. They have a rookie quarterback that may allow you to beat him, but the rest of the team will be coached up. And I always feel like, you know, listen, 
I know they have Brian Dabble that used to be in, you know, New England over there on the off- as the offensive coordinator for the Bills. You could throw all that shit out. These teams know each other. They play each other at least twice a year. They've been doing so for the last three years. McDermott knows, you know, Bilicek. Bilicek knows McDermott. They know the schemes. They know how these guys like to play. I'm just telling you, I trust the mad scientists in these type of situations. And if you tell me that you have a weakness like you can't run the ball, it's going to be a problem because if and when Mac Jones does have to pass off play action, his tight ends and wide receivers are going to be open. They're going to have to commit to shutting down those running lanes, which I got to tell you guys, even with seven or eight in the box, I'm not 100% convinced that they're going to be able to do that. I just think this is a bad matchup for the Bills. Yes, they just recently lost. I know it's going to get brought up by somebody, but go look at the turnover margin and go look and see what Mac Jones did in that game. Once again, Belichick is going to tighten his screws. He's going to say, you are not going to turn the ball over. You are going to throw it away if there's even a chance it might be a turnover. And we're just going to turn around and hand off to Harrison, or Harris, excuse me, and he's going to rush for 150 yards in this game. So it ain't going to be pretty, but once again, we're talking sub-freezing temperatures, Ty. We're talking about the mad scientist. We're talking about it being difficult to throw the ball in that temperature. And I understand Buffalo lives in that environment, but I, I can't think of a I can't think of a head coach or a team that has the mental fortitude to go into that type of environment on the road against a division rival in this type of atmosphere with a rookie quarterback and win except for the New England Patriots. So as crazy as it sounds, because I know they've had a total up-and-down season, I, I, I honestly believe the Patriots are going to go in there and stun the Bills. Interesting, and he's already throwing it all out there on the list. And this is interesting because I really feel like if Buffalo wants to get this to be like an overhaul, like those running backs have to get into the game, at least for me. At least for me. I want to see like Singletary and Moss do something. It cannot continue to be Josh Allen making all of the throws and him just dropping back in certain pass plays and just taking off, and that's the run play that they're accepting, whether he picks up 17 yards, six yards, or three yards, if that's their running game. They have to have some better scheme, and you cannot continue to think that he's going to be the running game forever. Otherwise, you're going to hurt your franchise quarterback that you're investing so much in. Um, looking at the defensive that's side of the ball for running. New England, uh, excuse me? No, I didn't mean to cut you. I just want to say, especially in this kind of weather, I mean, Allen has already come out, come out and admitted that he has circulation problems. I'm sure you guys have read that story this week. In his feet, and when he plays in, in really, really cold weather, his his hands and feet go numb. You can't have that guy running around. They're going to they're gonna take that into consideration, and they're going to have to run the ball. I just don't think they're going to be able to. They haven't been able to all year, so why all of a sudden now they're going to be able to? And if, and if that plays to the effect of New England where they want you to – like throw the ball in the Sharks' den where they could try and force the turnovers. If they could turn Josh Allen over once, or, or I really don't want to say two or three times, I don't want to just jump into a number like that. I feel like their chances are better to try to win this game. However, I feel like the Bills can't watch the Patriots come in here and upend them like they've done for at least two decades. Like last year they, they got it done because more or less the COVID and the injuries the Patriots had to deal with. But they're 500 ball right now. 
uh, and they both aren't good on each other's home field. Uh, the Bills lost their game at home up against the Patriots. The Patriots just lost a few weeks ago to the Bills in Foxborough. So this is a very interesting matchup, to say the least. But um, along with the story of a guy named Brady, is always that evil genius and William behind him. And if William could actually, just like Brian said, if he could keep Mac unharmed as best as possible, even though they're, they're, they're going to try to send interesting blitzes and things of that nature at him and try to, you know, preserve the ball, not turn the ball over, I wonder how interesting this will be for the pressure of Buffalo to hang on to this game. So this is this is a very interesting situation, to say the least. Um, Barry, is there anything else that you'd like to add on that side of the spectrum? No, I mean, I, I kind of agree with everybody, but I, I just feel like the Bills, they're a better team, I think, top to bottom. But it's like, oh, yeah. are they, though? Are, are they, you know, like, it, they, they frustrate me sometimes because they can look really good and then they can look really bad. But I think that this is uh, one game where they'll look pretty good. And hopefully they can ride that momentum. That, you know, they, they are a talented team. There's no question about it. They just – they're just missing a piece here or there that I think to be of elite team. But I, I think they'll get past uh, the Patriots. The Patriots' time will come. They'll be they'll be there soon enough. Hey Ty, real quick, interesting stat for uh, for 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 Bills Mafia and the people that want to bet out there. I, I, I found this stat super interesting when I was kind of doing my research for the show. So, okay. the Bills are top five in the league. Actually, they're number one in third down efficiency, being able to get off, get off the ball, right? You, you get into third and long, you get into third and medium, and they are number one in the league in being able to get off the field. But they are bottom five in the league on first down. And what do most teams do on first down? I, I mean, I'm not making a correlation here. I'm just saying this is, this is what you have to think about. Most teams typically 64% of the time run the ball on first down. They are a bottom five team in the league. If, if, if the Patriots stick to their identity this year, which is a run-first team, I, I really think I think you're gonna you're gonna have a lot of upset Bills fans because this could be one of those games that's literally like a death by a thousand cuts, very much like the San Francisco game versus the Packers, where Packers fans were just absolutely just beside themselves because they knew the run was coming and they couldn't do anything to stop it. I kind of feel like that's the scenario here, the Bills have not shown all year long that they can really shut down someone's running game. And the Patriots have done a really good job of running versus everybody until they get behind. If this game stays close, the only way the Bills win, I think, is if they jump out to an early lead. And with the weather and everything the way it is, I just don't see that happening. Wow, so we got one for the Pats and one for the Bills. You need to leave it for time to break the tie. Oh, boy. Um, I, I actually want to pull up the numbers on the over-under to see which way I, I feel about the way this game this way. I, I'm really caught in between this because I, I – um, the reason why I'm scared to pick this game, I was picking on Josh Allen all season long. Like how they were already giving him the leg up to be the MVP. He started losing questionable games. I, I, I mean, in, to teams that he should not be losing to, a.k.a. the Jacksonville Jaguars. If the Jaguars can upset you, that that's questionable for me if you're an MVP caliber player. Like, even though there's games where, like, Aaron Rodgers will play tag and won't have big numbers, he knows he can't lose that game. 
he can't lose that game. So it's like there's there's an unfortunate situation that happened for the Bills that makes me like I, I don't know if I'm comfortable. So looking along the lines of this, uh, uh, a lot of it is favoring Buffalo uh, as in the, the matchup situation. However, there are more big names that are questionable for the Patriots compared to the Bills. The Bills are, are completely there. The over-under is at 43 and a half. It's interesting that Brock actually threw a number off that too early. Um, you know what? I am going to jump on the limb and go the region that I'm claiming in New England. I'm going to go with New England. Um, however, I wouldn't be surprised if Buffalo win this game, but I, I, I think this, especially looking at the money line too, like the money line is so close. It's like I can't get away from the rookie looking at this. Um, and, and if Josh Allen is the MVP candidate that he's supposed to be, I would think that this would be more along the lines of like a, a 400 to something, you know, like this is 190 to 230. It's like, it's, it's, it's fairly close. Like Vegas sees this close. So it's tough for me. It's a plus five. I'm going with the Patriots with the points and outright. Like I think across the board, I think they could get it done. Um, but again, like Brian said, if they're, you know, first down situation, if they're going to run first and, and of course, you know, they're going to be some first downs in some series where, Josh Allen throws the ball and it threatens the passing game. But if, if that's a situation and they could slow down the running backs and definitely stop Josh Allen, which he's, he's trying to run over players, like this could be bad for the Bills out the gate. So I am I am going to say the Patriots get this done. I think they get it done. Um, hopefully all hands are on deck, especially Hightower. Hightower would be big for them. They also need Myers. They, they both are listed as questionable. Um, they do have uh, Jalen Mills and Isaiah Wynn out the game. Um, but I, I know that's something that Bill Belichick ain't worried about. And he really lives by that next man up mentality. He won't use that as some uh, becking point on why they lost. And, and if, if they lose, he, you'll hear him in his presser. That's not something that he'll he'll use or to stand by also. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hey, real, real quick, just yeah. to, to kind of expound off of what you just said, Ty, because uh, I, I do I do know at the halfway point a lot of people were talking about Allen as an MVP candidate. If if Allen gets votes at this point, it's a disservice to the award. And that's not that's not trying to to take away the season. But I'm just saying you got guys like Brady, Rogers, Cooper Cup with what he did, even Dak Prescott with what he's done. I would even throw in Herbert. I mean, there's so many guys you could throw at Burrow. I mean, there's so many guys that have done more this season to deserve that award than him. I, I don't even think he should be in the top five in voting. Like, he fell way off. I'm just saying more or less because, you know, they, they used him as a media darling and everybody's enamored with the big arm, how, how they were looking at Stafford at the beginning of the season two and saying Stafford makes them a Super Bowl contender. And it's like, well, I've been saying this for years, Brian, you know it, Barry knows it. I've been like, Stafford has issues. I don't like to, like, pin it to him. It's like, you guys have to see it happen. And when people started seeing it happen, it's like, oh, he was right. Like, he's turning the ball over at a clip that he shouldn't be, and he led the league in pick sixes, and he was one of the MVP candidates also. So it's like, they got to watch how they pull the trigger. That's why I like that preseason MVP stuff, because the, the, the games have to be played. You don't know what injuries can happen, so on and so forth. And looking and looking at the scenario in front of Josh Allen, it's like you're going up and down in this season when this team is needing you and um, you're falling apart. 
you literally are falling apart in a, in a factor where you have players on the field in your receiving game that aren't getting the ball, whether it's Cole Beasley or Emmanuel Sanders, you just continue to force feed digs as much as you possibly can or try to get knocked when he's on the field. Like, like that's what I see. But nevertheless, I'm going, I'm going New England. I think that this can potentially reach the over. I, I, I'm gonna, I'm gonna do that. I think I'm gonna say you over, and if that 43 and a half is iffy as much as I want to say it, and and watch this game be an unders type of score, I, I feel like they'll clip it. I feel like a 27, 20 type of game could happen. I, I feel like that could happen. I feel like it. Okay, so we are winding down to the very end of the show, and I, I love the fact that you guys came here with the the good old food for thought. They brought every dish possible. I got people coming out of California reaching in pots and just don't want to follow the rules. See, this is what's wrong with California now. I got to get you guys in and out of this building as I possibly can. Barry, you already know what to do. Give us something to promote and get us ready for these games today and the brunch for tomorrow and anything else that you'd like to promote as well. Hi, I mean, we're doing a lot of big things. Uh, TP and I are going to be working on doing a live show. So, um, I got I got articles going up. I need writers. I need I need writers. All right, I need writers. But um, listen, we we do Brian. I need you to write too. Well, listen, we're we're doing a lot of big things, man. I appreciate you, TP. I, I love you, bro. See you soon. All right, peace. All right, Mr. Breaking News, I need a plug, promo, shout-out, anything that you'd like to get out there to the people as we shut this thing down for the, the Saturday special. Man, i got to be honest with you, Ty. I was, I was getting flashbacks to Singletary there when, when Barry started talking about writers. I want winners. Can't win yeah, with I them. Yeah, I winners. I can't like, win with them. I can't like, I need them. writers. Yep. Can't write with them. Can't write. Right. Like, it was, it, was, mm-hmm. uh, it was powerful. Hey, you know what? I just want to say I'm, you know, I'm blessed to be here in the kitchen with you guys, and uh, I appreciate the opportunity. And uh, all, 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 honestly, all the love to Sports City. Check out these guys; they're doing a lot of work. Um, you know, the uh, the crossover cafe, the cookout with uh, with Barry. I, you know, I've I've definitely listened to a few shows uh, recently, and the, and they're always on point. I'm just gonna leave you guys with 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 two thoughts, um, and both of them I'm sure you guys have talked about. But I haven't. Number one, Brian Flores' situation. I hear everybody up in arms about the about him being fired. He's going to get another job. He's one of only three coaches that have played against Bill Belichick six or more times and holds a winning record versus the New England Patriots. Miami was foolish to fire him, but they had irreconcilable differences because Flores wanted to move on from Tua, and Ross does not. He has money invested in him. So, you know, obviously they decided to get rid of Flores. Flores is a hell of a coach, a hell of a coach. And if you think about everything that's that's went on this season, all the ups and downs, I know, you know, I know know guys like Zach Taylor and Matt LaFleur, and and these guys are going to get their names thrown into the ring for coach of the year. I'm just going to tell you guys right now, it's about as clear cut as it can be, and I think it's I think it's Mike Tomlin, and I know that's probably going to hit a lot of people a little odd, but you look at what a disaster and a train wreck the Pittsburgh Steelers are this year, all that they've had to overcome, and the fact that he not only made the playoffs, but 
he's got this team playing fairly well. I, I think that this is by far Tomlin's best job of coaching, and he's won the Super Bowl. This is by far his best job of coaching to date, and where there's no clear-cut winner in my mind, I honestly believe it should be Tomlin. With everything t- taken into consideration, it's really hard for me to call you the coach of the year, you know, if you've got Tom Brady as your quarterback and, you know, you haven't really had much struggles other than Antonio Brown not liking to wear his uniform, you know, or you've got Aaron Rodgers and you play in a piss-poor division. So, you know, that's that's my two thoughts. Ty, thank you so much for the opportunity, and uh, I'm going to do my best to try and uh, stop by tomorrow so we can talk uh, NFC if possible. Yeah, that's for sure, because i got to cover your San Francisco 49ers. Uh, tune in. We'll be back here tomorrow with the Sunday morning brunch. Uh, I want to try and see if I could do something Monday. I doubt it, but I know that they'll be in the building Monday as well as Tuesday. They have Monday and Tuesday locked up. We'll be back here with the crossover. I mean, excuse me, with the cookout, the crossover Thursday. We're back almost at full slate and schedule Sports City. College basketball is here too, so I know Saturdays might get jumping as well back in the building. On that note, tell a friend, tell a friend that this is Chefs again. And if they don't know, now they know. Kaboom, Sports City Chefs is in the room, cooking up hot topics to put up on your spoon. They well in tune, blown like a flower in June. Superman vs. MF Doom, the clouds loom. So tell a friend it's the Sports City Chefs again. Pay attention, tune in, we on the set again. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Jumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to ChumbaCasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.